Do you want to lose weight, boost your metabolism, improve your digestion, detox your body and have glowing skin all while keeping your body nicely alkalized and in balance? You can. All you need to do is start your day with a glass of water with the juice of a freshly squeezed lemon in it. I mean, water is good for you, and lemons, being a fruit, are good for you. So why not combine the two and get a quantum level of health-boosting synergy? Okay, so now for a dose of reality as I explore the whole lemon water trend and pull apart those amazing health claims to see what is hype and what is reality. Lemon water is all the rage these days. And a quick search of the internet finds no shortage of glowing health reports and testimonials to do with improved digestion, ridding the body of toxins, boosting weight loss, turbocharging your immune system and balancing the body's pH. And it's also great for your skin. Sign me up. So what is lemon water? It's simply the juice of a lemon added to hot or cold water, usually drunk first thing in the morning. Some people may add a few additional ingredients like honey, mint, turmeric, or cyan pepper, but it is the lemon water that is the base drink and what I'll focus on for this podcast today. So let's dive straight into all the nutritional goodness you get in your glass of lemon water. If you used a very generous squeeze of lemon, let's call it 50 grams of juice, then you'll be getting about 40 kilojoules or about 10 calories and about 20 milligrams of vitamin C. And that amount of vitamin C is a bit under half the recommended daily amount using Australian and New Zealand recommendations and about a third if you use US recommendations. So a not insignificant amount of vitamin C to be sure. And let's not forget that over 250 years ago, well before vitamin C was characterized and named as a vitamin, thanks to the work of British physician James Lind, he all but eradicated the terrible disease scurvy, which was rampant among British sailors on long sea voyages because of the lack of vitamin C from fresh foods in their diet. And he did this through controlled experiments to finally settle on the juice of lemons or limes as the key food to restore them to health and prevent scurvy from occurring in the first place. Vitamin C is important as among its many roles is being essential for the production of collagen. And collagen is responsible for the elasticity and strength of the skin. And why some of the symptoms of scurvy relate to bleeding gums, poor wound healing and bruising. So yep, if you're at risk of scurvy, then lemon water will certainly be of huge benefit. Of course, any citrus fruit will give you loads of vitamin C, and eating an orange or kiwi fruit would give you four times the amount of vitamin C compared to your lemon water. And foods like broccoli, tomatoes, red capsicum, and a whole bunch of others are also great sources. So if you're relying on just lemon water to get your vitamin C for the day for months on end, then you've got some serious problems going on with your diet and lifestyle. Maybe get that checked out first. But after vitamin C though, it is a fail as far as the nutritional profile goes for lemon water, for getting close to any other nutrient needs you may have, apart from the biggest one of all, water. So let's look at water. 
If you're struggling to get enough water each day, then lemon water will certainly help here. And if the citrus tang encourages you to drink more, then that's not such a bad thing. Especially if you're replacing soft drinks, sports drinks, and even fruit juices with lemon water. That's a lot less sugar and calories you'll be having in your diet. So for the average person, that's a good thing. So lemon water here will be better for your health. But so too would plain water, as you're just replacing more calorie-dense sources of water with one low in calories. You could get the same result by drinking green or black tea, by the way. So what about those weight loss claims to do with lemon water? Any claims about weight loss all stem from this, that if you're drinking lemon water in place of food or other liquids full of calories, then that can be enough to kickstart weight loss. And research studies have found that when people increase their water consumption, especially before meals, and replace calorie-filled beverages with water, then at least in the short term, it can result in a small amount of weight loss if the habit is maintained. But adding lemon to the water doesn't make it any better or worse for increasing the rate of weight loss or fat burning. So let's call that two wins for lemon water so far, vitamin C and water. But neither property is owned by lemon water and their effects are well and truly overhyped when you consider a person's whole diet over the course of the day and all the other sources of vitamin C they would have and how much water they would drink in other beverages and contain naturally in food too. But one bit of intriguing research has profiled the effect of lemon juice on digestion when consumed at the same time as a meal containing starch. Here it is the effect of all that lemony acidity that reduces the activity of the enzyme alpha amylase found in saliva in the mouth. Alpha amylase is involved in the process of starch breakdown which commences in the mouth. All this translates to a lower glycemic response when lemon juice is drunk with starch-containing food, which could have some relevance to people with diabetes. So I'll link to this research in the show notes. But it doesn't mean you won't absorb any of the starch if you drink lemon water with a meal, only that it may take a bit longer to absorb. And there is nothing special about lemon juice. Similar effects have been seen with vinegar be it apple cider vinegar or home brand vinegar off the supermarket shelf. It all does the same thing because of its acidity. So there could be some truth to the claims about lemon juice improving digestion. But the disclaimer here is that you have to drink it at the same time you are eating a meal containing starch. Contrast that with the typical claims made about lemon water due to with starting your day with a glass of it to help with your digestion that will have zero effect on your digestion of food as most of the food you eat will be much later in the day. And what about those claims you hear about lemon water boosting your metabolism? There are many pills, supplements and foods that claim to boost your metabolism and burn fat. Most of these claims are unproven. Some substances such as caffeine and chili do have a small effect on metabolic rate, but the effect is very small. And there is really no plausible metabolic mechanism for why a glass of diluted lemon juice should do anything to your metabolism short of the tiny amount of energy that your body uses to digest 
and absorb and move that lemon water along your gut. That is called the thermic effect of food, and it is the energy required to digest and assimilate food. It can differ depending on the macronutrient content of the meal, with fat having an energy cost of about 5%, carbohydrates about 10%, and protein about 25%. But before you get too excited about all this, you can't eat yourself thin. Think of the thermic effect of food as more of an energy tax on food, but most of the energy in the food you will still make use of. So considering the amount of energy in a glass of lemon juice is tiny to start with, at just a few calories, then the thermic effect of food here is so small as to be effectively zero. But to be kind, let's call it one calorie for that glass of lemon water. Ozampic, it is not. But does lemon juice boost your energy? The answer here is probably. But it would all be from the placebo effect if you were drinking lemon juice because you felt it was good for you and you were all about carpe dieming each morning with your lemon water ritual. But one area where there could be some health benefits of lemon juice relates to reducing the risk of recurrence of kidney stones. Kidney stones are hard deposits of minerals and acid salts that stick around together in concentrated urine. They are quite common, and people who get them often get them repeatedly. The citric acid found in lemons, and of course all other citrus fruits, may help reduce the risk of kidney stones recurring by binding with urinary calcium and preventing crystal growth by creating a less favorable environment for kidney stones to form in the first place. And there is now clinical trial evidence to support this, with a recent randomized controlled trial published in 2022 that built on previous research, finding that in 203 people with recurrent kidney stones who took either 60 mils of fresh lemon juice twice per day or nothing at all, there was a lower rate of kidney stone recurrence over two years. And I'll link to this study in the show notes. So there could be something to the story of citric acid and kidney stones, as there is also some mixed evidence that lemonade could do something similar. But again, it is from the citric acid that is added to these types of drinks. So don't use it as an excuse to down a litre of Sprite each day for your kidney health. But one claim made about lemon water that needs to be called out for the BS that it is, and that is to do with its alkalizing effect on your body. Alkaline diets have been promoted for years as a magical cure-all to treat or prevent cancer, heart disease, low energy levels, and a whole host of other illnesses. The premise behind the whole alkaline trend is related to something called the acid ash hypothesis, which underlies this diet. It goes like this. When we eat certain foods like meat, poultry, cheese, fish, eggs, and whole grains, ash is produced in the body. The type of ash is determined by the relative amount of acid-forming components in a food, such as phosphate and sulfur, and alkaline-forming compounds such as calcium, magnesium, and potassium. Most fruits and vegetables and that includes lemons, even though we think of them as an acid food, form alkali compounds in the body. Where to start? As with any crazy diet, there is always a kernel of truth behind it. And it is true that different types of foods 
produce different types of metabolic byproducts. Alkaline ash is produced by fruits, vegetables, nuts and legumes. Neutral foods are more natural fats and the evil acidic foods are meat, poultry, fish, dairy, eggs, grains and alcohol. So back to pH and why this diet is total cray. pH is of course a measure of acidity or alkalinity. The pH scale ranges from 1 to 14, with 1 being strongly acidic, 14 being strongly alkaline, and 7 neutral. Anything below 7 is acidic, and anything above 7 is alkaline, also known as basic. Your stomach acid, and also battery acid, has a pH of about 1. Lemons, a pH of 2, grapefruit about 3, and black coffee a 5 or 6. Well, on the other end, seawater is about pH 8, and liquid drain cleaner has a pH of 14. So I guess Drano would count as a health tonic supplement in the alkaline diet world then. Advocates pushing the alkaline diet claim that since the normal pH of the blood is slightly alkaline, at just about above 7, at 7.4, then you should eat alkaline foods and shun acidic foods to keep it there. Here's the thing. If food could really make an impact on blood pH in either an acidic or alkaline direction, it would be life-threatening. A blood pH below 7.35 is called acidosis, and above 7.45 it's called alkalosis, and both are medical emergencies that can result in death. The body keeps blood pH in a very tight range thanks to the coordinated actions of the lungs and kidneys. But anyone who has studied physiology would know this sort of basic stuff. Those promoting an alkaline diet are not in that group. Food, though, can change the pH of the urine, and that's one of the regulatory mechanisms the body uses to buffer against too much acidity or alkalinity, along with respiration. Urine, though, is contained in the bladder and does not affect the pH of any other part of the body. So, while an alkaline diet may change the pH level in the urine, it has not been shown to cause a sustained change in blood pH levels. That's all because our natural acid-base regulatory mechanisms don't need a special diet to work, so any effect of food on blood pH is minimal and very transient. But there is the argument, though, that those pushing alkaline diets sometimes come up with when they actually look at a physiology textbook and acknowledge that acidic foods don't change blood pH, that they instead deflect this to the stress acidic foods place on the body from the need to buffer the pH against the acidity by pulling out alkaline-rich minerals like calcium, phosphorus and magnesium from the bones, teeth and organs to buffer against the extra acid load. They say this leads to osteoporosis and fatigue and compromises our immune system, making us vulnerable to viruses and disease. That claim just doesn't hold pH 7 neutral water. Yes, that's a great theory, which like dreams are free, but it's a theory which if you want to apply to acidic foods will equally apply to alkaline foods. So an all alkaline diet would be just as harmful and stressful from the need of the body to buffer the pH back into the tight range of 7.35 to 7.45. And all this focus on blood pH pushed by alkaline diets ignores the one simple observation. 
pH differs all throughout different body compartments. You want a very acidic stomach to help with good digestion, while your mouth saliva is slightly acidic at about pH 6, which is optimal for salivary amylase that helps with starch breakdown. If you were paying attention to earlier on in the podcast, I explained why lemon water and vinegar and anything very acidic can also inhibit starch breakdown in the mouth and slow glucose release because it interferes with the activity of alpha amylase in saliva, which prefers to work at pH 6. So if you have a very acidic drink, it lowers the acidity, reducing its activity. Magic. And a lower pH in the colon from bacterial fermentation is linked to favorable changes in disease risk profile. Then there is your skin, which is a pH of about 5. Just what on earth is an alkaline diet trying to achieve by just targeting the blood? An alkaline diet works because it gives a person a selective list of foods to eat and avoid, which means lots of fruits and vegetables, and lemon water too, obviously, and less highly processed food, foods high in sugar and alcohol. That's it. You don't have to believe in the crazy that is the alkaline diet, spend money on alkalized water, or squeeze a lemon into your water while needlessly cutting out otherwise healthy foods like grains from your diet to make a positive change to your diet and health. So what about the downsides to lemon water? The only ones of note are an effect on your tooth enamel, if you're making this a regular habit, and more stomach acid production. So consider using a straw and rinsing your mouth with plain water afterwards if this could be a concern for you and your teeth. Some people with a history of heartburn can find symptoms are aggravated by drinking lemon water, but this can be variable. So let's wrap all this up. Lemon water can be an enjoyable and refreshing drink and an easy way to add a bit of extra vitamin C into your diet. And if you're drinking lemon water in place of sugary drinks, that could be a plus for your body weight and health. But most of the benefits attributed to lemon water have been blown way out of proportion. If you enjoy drinking lemon water, then drink it. Just don't expect any magical changes in your body weight, skin or body chemistry. At least nothing that can't be gained from drinking plenty of water throughout the day and eating an orange or two. But if you don't like drinking lemon water, then don't. You're not missing out on much at all. So that's it for today's show. You can find the show notes either in the app you're listening to this podcast on or else head over to my webpage, thinkingnutrition.com.au and click on the podcast section to find this episode to read the show notes. If you find this podcast of value, then please consider sharing it with your friends and colleagues or maybe even leave a review. This all helps to increase the ranking and reach of the podcast, which means a big win for credible, evidence-based nutrition messages and making the world a slightly less confusing place. I'm Tim Crow, and you've been listening to Thinking Nutrition.